Welcome to Supercharge My Practice, a podcast dedicated to helping you build a thriving and fulfilling natural therapies business. Each week, your host, Anil Mustafa, interviews leading practitioners and field experts, sharing proven tactics, inspiring stories, and actionable steps that will help you unlock your potential. Supercharge My Practice is proudly brought to you by My Appointments Practice Management System. Hello, Catherine. Welcome. Wonderful to have you here on the Supercharge My Practice podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, Catherine, you have a very interesting practitioner background. You have been 12 years in practice as a certified EFT practitioner, a matrix re-imprinting practitioner, facilitator and mindset mentor. And of course, you're a mum of two little girls. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the basics. What is EFT and how, is it, how does it differ from manifestation or visualization practices? Sure. So EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. And what it is, is a blend of psychotherapy techniques plus stimulation with our fingertips of acupressure points. And so we have acupressure points that are all over our bodies. And thankfully, now science has literally shown um, that they exist. So that was something that was a bit of like an energetic thing. And we used to explain EFT as like a disruption in the body's energy system. And it used to be a very sort of um, woo-woo sounding (laughs) Technique. However, thankfully, there is so much science now that backs the fact that if there are actually um, yeah, acupressure points on our face, on our upper body that we're stimulating, and then we're talking about these problems that we have. And so while we're talking about our issues, we're stimulating these points with our fingertips and um, brain scans and clinical trials actually show that what we're doing is we're deactivating the stress response in our brain. So it's a stress relief technique and it's a somatic um, therapy. So it blends the mind and the body, which is really great. So it's not just talking about your issues and triggering them. It's talking about them, acknowledging them, and then being able to process them and let them go through not just the mind, but the body as well. So in terms of how it differs from manifestation and visualization, it's really funny when people talk about manifestation as something that you do, because um, we actually manifest all the time. We are great manifestors, right? Because everything that we have in our reality is what we have manifested. Um, And visualization is obviously something that we do as well, but we don't necessarily think about um, transferring that energy of the visualization and the manifestation to the positive, where normally inadvertently manifesting or going over in our heads and, you know, rehearsing this kind of story that we have in the negative. And so these things exist all the time as they are. However, EFT comes in because it's a somatic-based therapy which really helps to bridge the gap between what we believe is possible and what our desires are as well. So when we're thinking about manifesting something and putting our energy and intention into creating something that we desire, we're going to come up against ourselves and we're going to come up against our belief systems, society's beliefs that we've taken on and bought into, and also some negative emotions and feelings that we have about ourselves, past experiences and things like that. And so EFT is really wonderful for reducing the impact of those negative experiences, those beliefs, and also those emotions uh, so that you can actually feel that this manifestation or this desire that you want to bring about and visualize is able to actually make its way into your reality. So you're essentially clearing the path and all those blocks to it becoming a reality in your experience. 
Mm, sounds fascinating. All right, we'll yeah. take us back a little bit about your personal journey. What led you to explore EFT and how did this path ultimately lead you to becoming a practitioner in this field? Sure. So I was quite young when I came across EFT. My mum introduced it to me and uh, she was always really great at researching, uh, you know, alternative health and uh, complementary therapies. And she's got a background in natural health as well, still does. And uh, and so she actually got qualified in a form of EFT called TFT. So that's a bit of an earlier form of EFT called thought field therapy. And she introduced it to me because I had um, a few issues with depression because I was a high-level swimmer, I'd quit swimming and sort of lost my whole, yeah, mojo, my whole structure and everything. I kind of slipped into a bit of a depression. Then I had some issues of uh, abuse uh, with the teacher and so, and also some weight issues as well that I couldn't shift. And so I had gone through, like run the whole gamut of um, of practitioners, gone and seen, you know, natural health practitioners, I'd seen hypnotherapists, counsellors, psychologists, all those kinds of things, but nothing really got to the core of what was going on until um, my mum sent me to somebody who was qualified in EFT. And I was able to unravel and get so much resolution and healing from that particular session that I thought, wow, there's really something in this. And so I continued those sessions, I continued to heal, but I also thought, well, what the hell am I going to do with my life? Because I really, really wanted to do something um, of benefit. I loved helping people. And because my family had always been in sales, I started doing more sales jobs because I'm a, I really love talking to people and finding out what their needs are and how I can meet them. Um, and so I did a lot of business development. I did a lot of recruitment, um, you know, those annoying people that bang on your doors and ask you to check for you know your energy that was horrible and a very degrading experience but thankfully I think it really helped to you know get me clear on what it was that I wanted to do and so I was very fortunate that very early on in my life I found exactly what it was that I wanted to do and so I ended up uh, toying around a little bit you know back and forth with uh, with some naturopathy I ended up starting to do my degree uh, in health sciences and naturopathy because I wanted to do that and uh, then I thought you know what I really want to focus on the emotional side and the mental health side and I ended up doing some life coaching but then came back to EFT as well so you know because I think that coaching is fantastic uh, for action taking and for planning and identifying what's going on but not necessarily so much for you know re resolving the underlying issues and those subconscious programmings and beliefs that we hold and those traumas as well so that's how I came back full circle to EFT and matrix frame printing because I thought you know that was so beneficial that was so helpful for me I'd love to be able to share that with others as well and so I went and got qualified in that and uh, it was 12 years ago now and the rest is history. Wow. <laughs> so give us some examples. Have you used EFT and manifestation in your life, both professionally yeah. and personally, and what kind of outcomes you've seen? Wow. Well, <laughs> good question. <laughs> um, and it's really funny when people say, oh, give me a specific example. I'm like, ah, because there are so many examples. But um, I think for me personally, and, and what I love about this work is that you're able to grow, um, you know, while you're helping others grow as well. And so because EFT is such a, you know, it's a people's method and we're always working on our stuff while we're working on other people's stuff as well. And so I've been able to really, um, yeah, align myself with what I want while helping others other people to align with what they want as well. And so I think I sort of fell into almost the business side of things because I started working with a lot of natural health practitioners. Uh, and so I would, um, you know, work on the manifestation stuff because that's what 
what I wanted to manifest is my dream business at the end of the day. And I knew that EFT was really great for that. And so I ended up manifesting exactly that. And to a point where I was able to um, have my partner as a stay-at-home dad. So he's been a stay-at-home dad for nearly four years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm the, the sole income earner. So it's just, it's brilliant to be able to, you know, bring about what it is that you want in your life in such a, an easy way. And so I'm so proud of like the fact that I've manifested not only my dream business, but, you know, within that, my dream clients. Um, there have been times twice over the past two years, annoyingly, where I've had to manifest a rental, a house um, very quickly. And it's just been this beautiful synchronicity of everything falling into place when I've really applied what it was that I teach as well. And so I love walking the talk. I love practicing what I preach and also, you know, helping people to manifest their own dream business, their dream clients. Um, Also, you know, selling their houses or getting the right price for something. And it's just, you know, manifesting these beautiful little surprise abundances and surprises left, right and center has just been really incredible. So there's so many things that um, the EFT has been able to bring about in my life and other people's lives as well. It's just, you know, when you get yourself out of the way, amazing things happen and you know miracles are around us every day we just kind of block ourselves from them and so you know when we're open to them and we can be that open vessel through using things to clear what it is that's blocking that vessel then we attract those things into our lives as well fantastic okay so for those unfamiliar with EFT could you walk us through a practical example of how a practitioner for example could use it to help reach their full potential yeah. So I would, um, I'd, a lot of people sort of go through a lot of anxiety. I think, you know, practitioners have a lot of anxiety over putting themselves out there, for instance, over being seen. Um, imposter syndrome is a huge one I see with a lot of mm. practitioners as well. So we talk about, you know, the feelings that that elicits. Okay. What is it that's really blocking you right now? What's the biggest feeling that you have going on in your body? And then we tap that down. So we tap the intensity of, say, the anxiety or the imposter syndrome or the belief right down. Um, And then we actually can do some more positive tapping as well. So a lot of people get funny about working on the negative. And that's what we do in EFT is we talk about the negative. But, you know, we if you want to clean a house, you first must see the dirt. And so I think it's really important to be able to clear that dirt out, first of all, in that session. And then we can start looking at, you know, the visualization and the manifesting and all of that beautiful, wonderful, positive stuff that we love about tapping and we love about manifesting and visualization as well. But there's no point, you know, just working with someone and saying, okay, let's just manifest your dream house or your dream business or your dream bank account um, if you have all of these blocks in the way. And so through the sessions that I run, we're able to identify those blocks and then remove them as well so that, you know, this actually becomes something that is real and achievable to uh, to my clients too. So that's kind of how it works. Mm, fascinating. Uh, so you work, I know you work with a lot of practitioners. So do you, uh, can you discuss any limiting beliefs? You've mentioned a couple there. Imposter syndrome is probably a big one, uh, but how can you take us through the kind of benefits and uh and what kind of uh, impact it's had on the success of a practitioner's business after working through those personal issues or those you know limiting beliefs Absolutely. So I can't really count how many people have literally hopped off a session with me and gone, oh my God, guess what? While we were tapping on this particular money block, somebody's just booked in and bought a whole package. Um, And so I think that, you know, a lot of 
people, particularly in the complementary healing space, the natural healing space, they have a lot of preconceived ideas about how they will be perceived by the wider public as well. And so that's a big one. I think, you know, um, fear of rejection is a huge one. Criticism, judgment, uh, you know, from the orthodox medicine side of things as well. So we kind of, I think a lot of comparisonitis comes up as well in, in practitioners. Oh, well, they're doing this and they're achieving that. How am I ever going to? I've had so many people um, be told, oh, you'll never make a lot of money in natural health. You know, there's just not the business. It's not the way to make money. But that said, I have, you know, worked personally with so many people who've gone on to have seven-figure businesses. And one of my um, yeah, most successful clients earns nearly $300,000 a month. So there is absolutely space for growth. There's absolutely space for success and abundance in your chosen field, no matter what it is. And so I think it's so important that, you know, we look at these beliefs and we address them because they are what gets in the way of our success as well. So if we can identify them and you know and release the emotional charge around them then we're free to take you know more inspired aligned action as well in terms of our business and our personal lives too Mm. so if somebody comes to see you I know this is going to vary based on how Mm. deep rooted those um, you know those limiting beliefs are but do you tend to have kind of a guideline of how many treatments one might need to be able to work through an issue and do you work on a single issue in a single session or do you work on multiple things over a single session? Just yeah. tell us a little bit more about what somebody could expect to see if they were coming to see you as an EFT practitioner. Sure. So I offer two packages. I've got a one-month package and a three-month package. So generally, you know, I mean, we're very blessed in EFT because things change very fast. It's a very quick modality and we can shift things very quickly. So comparatively to normal talk therapy, you can get a lot more resolution um, in a lot less sessions. So that said, of course, you know, when we're in business, we come up against ourselves. And that I think is the biggest lesson that I've learned being in business is that, um, you know, you're going to come up against yourself and, you know, your belief systems, what you feel that you deserve. And so if you're constantly working through those things and those blocks as they arise, because, you know, at each stage, you've got a new level of success that you have to attain and a new level that your brain has to um, calibrate to, you know, to be able to hold that level of success. And so I have clients who've seen me for years, (laughs) you know, whether that's every single week or on and off. But that said, you know, a, a few sessions, five sessions, 12 sessions. Uh, It's very difficult, obviously, to explain how many everybody needs, but that's why I've broken up into the five sessions or the 12 sessions and people can choose what best works for them because at the end of the day, there's always something to work on and healing is never complete. Uh, And, you know, even even my $300,000 a month client still comes to see me every week uh, because there's always another income ceiling for her to reach. And so I think that um, just providing people with that idea of, okay, well, I can actually achieve X, Y, Z within this period of time is really, um, yeah, it's very motivating for them to feel that they can get that shift quite quickly, which I love providing them. Awesome. Sounds great. So consistency is key when it comes to personal development. Mm. How often do you suggest practice uh, people who are practicing EFT and what advice do you have for practitioners who want to adopt EFT into their practices but have a busy practice? How do we incorporate this into our lives? 
Well, good thing is that only five to 10 minutes a day can really help to like shift the needle and tone your energy and, you know, work through those blocks as well. And so I I just think that there's no real excuse not to do it um, because, you know, it, it is such a quick therapy and, you know, I, I make it part of my daily routine. And so, you know, part of my packages that I offer a tap along videos in there as well. So I create videos for people where they can use that video in between sessions to just keep their energy up and to keep you know, reinforcing what it is that we worked with and they're five minutes long. So if you can put aside five minutes a day just to work on what it is that you feel is really blocking you or your biggest issue, then you're going to start working through, you know, all of these kind of things that are keeping you stuck or holding you in this particular pattern. And uh, and so it's very easy to adopt, you know, even in the midst of, um, of being really busy. And I know that when I had two kids at home um, and my partner was working 16-hour days back in the day, like I still found time to tap. And so I love also, you know, making sure that mums feel that they have that space and that time to work on themselves. And, you know, the good thing is, is that you can use it with kids as well. And I tap on my kids all the time. So yeah, it's, uh, so it's pretty good to be tap on your kids or do you with <laughs> your kids and they follow your, follow your lead? How does it work? Both. both. So depending on their moods and their enthusiasm, that's fine. So sometimes I, I will tap on them. Sometimes they'll tap with me, but, um, but it's a beautiful technique that is just so applicable to every person, no matter their age. And I've been tapping with them on them for them, sorry, Kelly, ever since um, they were born. So yeah, I think that it's something that you can even do, you know, as a family and incorporate into your family situation. And we all do like gratitude things sometimes, but uh, yeah, you can also use tapping with your kids at nighttime and you're clearing your stuff while they're clearing their stuff. And uh, it's just a, a really beautiful holistic therapy that benefits everybody. And I'm also bringing it into schools as well, which is uh, quite exciting too. Oh, that is very exciting. So do your <laughs> kids, if they start, you know, noticing some negative emotions, do you, do you find that they just naturally gravitate towards EFT because they've you know been born and lived with this for such a long time yeah yeah except my four-year-old's going through a bit of a like um anti-tapping phase because (laughs) I did a video with her once because uh, I told her oh if you do this with me I'll get you a a treat just like stay here with me and let me like do this with you for a minute because she was arcing up about something and then uh, I forgot to give her a treat afterwards she's like I'm not tapping now because you didn't give me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so she's on tapping strike but I got to tap surrogately for that but um but my seven-year-old she's uh she's very emotionally in touch and uh, we even tapped for her tooth pain because she had a wobbly tooth the other day and uh and it was starting to hurt and so we tapped for that and then we tapped on the fear of um it coming out and then she actually went and just took it out and I was about to do a post on that today actually so that was really amazing like how how applicable it is just for so many different issues and uh and the the result of that is just uh yeah it's beautiful so they do mm-hmm. ask for tapping sometimes um yeah my, my seven-year-old will ask me to tap on her sometimes she'll tap on a teddy bear you know there's lots of different ways that you can apply it which is really beautiful especially for the kids yes so <laughs> from what I understand of tapping you're basically uh tapping literally tapping on meridians and you're saying words out loud working on those limiting beliefs so how does visualization and manifestation fit into that picture is it something that you do independently like if you wanted to sit down and manifest something I know that we do this subconsciously Mm. a lot too but for those that want to sit down and you know manifest and and deliberately put their intentions towards what they want to achieve is that something Mm. that they would incorporate as part of EFT or do you see them as separate practices 
Well, it, both, right? So the thing is, is that if you say, um, okay, I want to manifest $100,000 this year, right? The thing is, is that you have limiting beliefs around that because you haven't yet manifested that amount. And so if you had no blocks to it, it would be there already. And so when you're thinking about visualizing having $100,000 a year, there will be a part of you subconsciously that is in resistance. And so I think that, you know, how it can really tie into the visualization and the manifestation process is to be able to identify what it is that's really blocking you from believing that that is a possibility and from really actually being able to visualize that. And so first of all, you could work on like, even though I don't feel that that's possible for me, I love and accept myself and I'm open to the possibility. And so therefore that can supercharge your manifestation process and amplify your visual visualization because there is nothing in the way of that actually being, you know, visible to your brain and being able to integrate that, uh, not just to your mind, but into your body as well. But that said, I do love using EFT while I'm, you know, um, doing some, for instance, Abraham Hicks has some beautiful like, abundance rampage uh, things. And so what I'll do is I'll tap along to it while I'm listening to that particular, um, you know, YouTube video, for instance. And so it's just a great thing to do because it's also counteracting any negativity while you're visualizing what it is that, you, you know, you're holding in your mind or while you're thinking about your manifestation. It's neutralizing the yes, buts and the oh, but I can't that kind of thing. So it's a, a technique that you can use as, you know, a, a way to release blocks first before you dive into the visualization, the manifestation, but also in conjunction with as well. And there are no like contraindications. So that's a good part too. So I've got a, it's not, I don't think it's a funny story, but um, <laughs> I, every year at the end of the year, I, I sit down and sort of manifest what I'd like to happen for the following year. Yes. And last year I said to my husband, I'd really love it if you could do this with me. As in, you know, you sit down and do your own thing. But after we've done our own thing, we'll share with each other what we manifested for that year. And my husband being a typical, you know, tradie bloke who thinks all yeah. of this stuff is like a bit hoo-hoo, <laughs> he says to me, oh, well, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And then finally he agreed that he'd give it a go. And he hates writing. My husband dropped out of school when he was in year 10. He's just yeah. not somebody who likes to write things down. So mm -hmm. even just writing, you know, what he wanted out of life was such a big deal for him. So he just wrote a few notes. And we've been talking for quite a while now is that because he works six days a week as a laborer, it's so intense on his body. And the amount of times he's been injured as a result of his work, you oh. know, I've been saying to him, it would be my dream. And that's what I'm personally manifesting for me to be able to earn enough of an income that he no longer needs to work as hard as he's working and he can choose to work when he works and he's self-employed now as well. So yeah. we've just been on this 10-day uh, holiday in the Mornington Peninsula. Oh, lovely. <laughs> he doesn't earn an income when he doesn't work because he's a um, truck contractor. Yeah. And so he had manifested that we would have our loan paid off and that he wouldn't have to work anymore. Mm -hmm. And we get back home from our holiday and he's due to go back to work in three or four days' time. And within one or two days of being back from our holiday, he gets this debilitating headache that he cannot get up. He literally has to lie down and he cannot get up from that position. Oh, no. And then he started saying, it's all your fault. It's because you made me manifest this stuff. And now it's doing the opposite of what I'm manifesting. And he was out of work for about four weeks after this. He literally had to lie down flat for about two weeks straight and couldn't get up. We, I had to literally lie him down in the car to take him to get oh, an MRI right. because we were thinking something serious was going on, brain tumours and all sorts yeah. of things because of 
how significantly bad these intense migraines were. So I guess that leads me to my next question of can you get manifestation (laughs) wrong? Because how is it that someone's gone out there going, this is what I want, and they've literally got the complete opposite of what they asked for? Oh, yeah. So that's why specificity or whatever it is, right, I can't pronounce it, but (laughs) being specific uh, will give you results that are terrific. So you need to be able to, you know, there's no point saying um, I just want more money because, like, I've done that before and then I've been like, oh, my goodness, it says 10 cents on the ground. Thank you, universe, right, more money. <laughs> so we have to be very specific and, you know, there are two rules in the universe. It's, you know, do not harm anybody and do not take anything away from anybody else. And so, you know, when we're manifesting money or we're manifesting, you know, a situation, we have to be very careful about our languaging and we have to be very careful you know, how we put it and how we frame it. And also the universe likes to know what it is that you want because I always use this example because I love Uber Eats and I love food and I love menu log and ordering food and all of that stuff, right, and cooking. And so, you know, the the point is is that if I go and order Uber Eats but I just, you know, say, oh, well, just give me, you know, like whatever you feel like, I just want some food right? They won't know what the hell to cook. (laughs) And so you have to actually choose exactly what you want. And you have to um, be very clear on your intention as well, because a lot of people will say things like, oh, I just need a break from work. I just want a break. If you think about, you know, the intention that that has, people sometimes end up going and having a break because they've broken a bone in their body or they've, you know, manifested something like this that causes them to have that um, result. And so knowing that we have to make sure that, you know, we're being very specific and very careful about how we're actually languaging our intention when we are manifesting too. So, you know, if you want more money, great. What does more money look like? Exactly how much? And I think that we always feel very funny about asking for what we want. We don't feel that we, you know, can do that or that we're allowed to, but we are. It's just a societal conditioning. And so, you know, you can maybe tap through, even though I don't think I can ask for what I want, (laughs) first of all, before we manifest. Um, You know, that's a really good thing to do as well. So, yes, being very specific and very clear on you know um, I want more money free and clear (laughs) is a really good um, is a really good way to do it and also you know I'd love to be able to retire my husband without him having to work you know and we can enjoy life together and uh, and all the fruits of our labor you know that kind of thing and so you can't get manifestation wrong but you're manifesting what you are so we don't manifest what we want we manifest what we are Uh, and so if you match that vibration of what you want you can't get rich when you feel poor for instance so you know we, we can't sit down the bottom of the emotional scale and expect to reach you know abundance joy and appreciation coming from that place of lack and powerlessness and so that's why tapping is really great so you know escalate your uh, emotional um, vibration and your frequency to actually match that of what you desire so that you're attracting higher quality things into your life and I think that people don't think about the fact that they are already very powerful manifestors Uh, but we can actually just tune that or fine-tune that power to really laser focus on exactly what we want versus what we don't want and when we do that we get it and the more that we actually get it the more we start believing in it and the more we believe in it the more we see it as well. Mm, I love that I said that something very similar to him not quite as eloquently as the way you just put it but I said you asked the universe or you told the universe you don't want to work anymore and that's exactly what the universe delivered to you. (laughs) There you go. All right. So some practitioners may have reservations about practices like manifestation and EFT, either due to scepticism or the belief that it lacks scientific validation. So 
how would you address these concerns? So the good thing is that we have a lot, like a wealth of clinical evidence now that um, proves that EFT actually works and that it is the tapping on the acupressure points while talking about these things that makes the difference. So um, the good thing is, is that we've got randomized controlled trials. We've got, you know, the gold standard of testing that literally proves EFT is F, um, is effective. And so that's for a myriad of issues, things from anxiety to PTSD, trauma, um, you know, sports performance, school anxiety. There's so many different things that it's been tested for. And there are only, there are over 320 uh, clinical trials that have happened in peer reviewed studies. And 99% of them actually show EFT being um, uh, effective for the issue at hand that it's being trialed for. Plus we have fMRI brain scans, and that's a world first that that one of my colleagues, Dr. Peter Stapleton, who actually won Psychologist of the Year in 2019, she is a leading researcher on EFT and also a fellow practitioner. She's up in Bond Uni um, in Queensland, and she's done all these beautiful um, uh, scans on the brain as to what happens. And you can see it in real time that when you're tapping on this particular trigger, the part of your brain that normally would light up in the amygdala in the stress response or the reward center, if you're tapping on, say, cravings, they've actually shown that it's called off. And so there's no real more evidence that you can get from um, from science than that. And to see that in real time happening in the brain is really, really exciting. And so there is so much more evidence coming out now that it's really indisputable. So it used to come across as quite a woo-woo technique, as I said, about the energy side of things. But now we're understanding that it has its roots in neuroscience, which is really exciting stuff. That's wonderful to see that more research coming out in this field as well. All right, so I've got one final question for you, and it's the question that I ask every single one of my podcast guests. (laughs) If you were to give just one piece of advice to natural healthcare practitioners aiming to build a successful and fulfilling business, what would it be? Well, I have to say mindset, don't I really? (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing because I I tried to, you know, when I came from sales, I thought, oh, great, I could speak to CEOs, I could speak to everyone and, and I could, you know, it was not an issue because I was separated and removed from the actual need to generate that income. But when you are in that space of, okay, everything falls on me, you're going to come up against yourself. And so I very quickly learned that it wasn't so easy just to translate that position to this position and, you know, pick up the phone and cold call everybody. Um, And so I think that working on your mindset is going to be your biggest asset because you can have all the courses in the world, you can do all the stuff, know all the things and have all the action plans. But if you have fear, if you have anxiety, if you lack confidence, if you're doubting yourself, if you have limiting beliefs, you're not going to be able to actually put those things into place, nor can you get out there, be seen and, you know, and receive what it is that you deserve. And so working on your mindset alongside taking along uh, aligned action is what's going to bring you success. So it's neither just one or the other, you have to have both. And as long as you are addressing both, then you are definitely on your way to success. It would be so wonderful if we could have these sorts of things being taught to final year students as well. Because that right <laughs> mindset of that, you know, dealing with the imposter syndrome, dealing with money oh, blocks, yes, you know, helping practitioners understand that it's okay to ask a client to rebook provided that they need that service. You know, all of those things are so important for practitioners to have, you know, businesses that actually allow them to generate an income, a full-time income, because there's so many practitioners that are in that hobby space still because they can't build a successful practice. So I think if mindset was taught somewhere within the school system, Mm. it just 
be such a big game changer for the industry. Exactly. And I think, you know, I always tell, tell my um, uh, Praki clients, like, you know, would a doctor sit there and question, you know, um, whether they should throw in the towel because they couldn't help somebody that day? I mean, how many people do they see every single day? You know, they can't they can't be tied to every outcome because they wouldn't be able to practice anymore. And so, you know, I think in the natural health space, we take on so many more beliefs and so many more limitations that are self-imposed because of, you know, what we think that other people are going to think of us. But when we can let go of that and understand that we're going to talk to our ideal audience and that they're out there, there are billions of people in the world that can and will pay us and want to see us and work on this stuff, then, you know, the sky's the limit. And so it's where you really focus that I think um, truly counts. And so it's definitely a good thing to be able to teach people that they are also responsible for their success. It's not just the economy it's not you know what's going on in the the you know, government or what have you you have total control of your life and your reality and that's what manifestation is it's that co-creation you know of what you desire plus the universe backing you up and supporting you along the way as well mm, I love that well thank you for joining me Catherine if somebody wants to find out more about you they can go to your website which is break free with EFT I must say that is one of the cleverest business names I've ever read I love it thank you I was so proud of that when I did I was like oh my god I'm so glad I snapped that one up yeah very lucky that it was available Uh, and if people want to find you they can find you through your website which I said breakfreewitheft.com.au and your Facebook page just.com sorry yep Uh, and your Facebook page which has the name break free with EFT and on Insta it's break free with EFT with an underscore between each of the words yes you can find that one I'm guessing break free with EFT handle was not available on Insta I think I was a normal staff of six or something just to try to get my name yeah yeah frustrating isn't it it is is. Uh, Catherine, Catherine Ross thank you again much appreciated it was a pleasure talking to you today likewise thank you Thank you for tuning in today and I look forward to having you join me in the next episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest releases and for more helpful tips, look for me on Instagram under the handle Supercharge My Practice. This podcast is proudly sponsored by My Appointments.